Hey, what's happening, good people? This is your boy, Marvin Rashad, and we are joined by Mo Lane. We got Deron, and we got the long-lost brother, the prodigal son, Vashon, has returned, and we are The Beard Always Wins. The Beard Always Wins is a movement. It's a lifestyle. More importantly, it's a podcast. People wanted you to listen to anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, just Google The Beard Always Wins. And even now, we do have official, official merch that is up for sale. So when the words applies, yes, we do have drip for sale. All you got to do is just find us on Instagram or Twitter and click the link. It says merchandise. Click that and get your order. They order the print. They ship to you in about a week. Um, and with that being said, look, it was a, a great weekend, a crazy weekend that happened. Um, Kanye West went on the Drink Champs. This morning, Nori's apologizing. Uh, that's all you really need to know about that. And he did drop, uh, he said that was going to be a Watch the Throne 2. But, might be about eight years too late for that. Also, in other news, you got Charleston White versus T.I. and Boosie. I'd rather talk about Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, we got Charleston White and, um, versus T.I. and Boosie. Let me just say this on Charleston White. If you don't take it for just what he is, it's just somebody who's willing to say anything to generate some kind of news buzz, then you're taking the man too serious. So I would, my advice is simply this. He's there. Listen to him if you want to. If you do listen to him, don't take him too serious. And if you're a rapper, if anybody that's famous and he calling your name, look, just ignore him. Yeah, he really ain't worth it. All you're going to do is just call the police anyway. So, uh, anybody else want to take that? Same with DJ Academics. They are a blight on the community or the culture, as people like to say. Gotcha. Michelle, you got to take on it. Man, leave Charleston White alone, man. You got to know who Charleston White is. If you don't know who Charleston White is, then he's going to fool you. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> What's like, that? The real Charleston White, he be out there really in the community for real. He do all that. Yeah. He, he already let you know it's a gimmick when he get on there and do all that. So I don't understand why people get rattled. He telling you. So it's just entertainment, man. Strictly entertainment. What, what about you, Mo? I don't listen to Charleston White. I don't follow Charleston White. So I really cannot comment on Charleston White. But I do know a lot of people... You know, listen to him, follow him, and a lot of times people will send me stuff. They'll send me like links and you know, or TikToks or shorts and stuff like that. And I don't, I, I'm be honest, I don't watch them all. But when I do, it seems to be a lot more uh, entertainment than, than than substance. Like you know, people call it clout chasing or whatever. So I don't know. I never really got, never really got into the. It turned me off. So that's all I say. Got you, Michelle. You were saying hey, for real though. If you listen to it, he be making sense about a lot of stuff, though, that a lot of people just don't want to say that your mama would probably say. You know what I'm saying? Or your grandma. You know what I'm saying? But he do be making some sense of what he said. I ain't gonna lie. It's just funny, though. You, you guys, it's a lot of BS you gotta sift through, right? <laughs> to get to the stuff that makes sense. Like, I get what, like, I, I can't even lie. I listen to him and I'm like, okay, I, I understand where he's coming from, but it's the way that he goes about getting you to his topic. He's just like, okay, yeah, I could have done without all of, like, 85% of what you said, and you could have just gave me the 15%. So, like a Kanye West interview. Um, you could do, do away with about 
85 to 90 percent of everything he's saying and just give me the 10 percent um yeah and so um, anybody else got anything on that or we can just move right along um i'm i'll put it to some folks like this like there's some people out here that don't like dj vlad because they seem like they make it sound like he like not not they try to make it sound like he police or whatever sometimes and it, like Tony Yeo said, like, yeah, he don't coerce me to say anything. I could get on there and I say what I want. So if people are going to bring this flag to DJ Vlad, then I think it's well beyond time some people start bringing this flag towards Nori because Kanye don't need this type of outlet, man. Like, yo, if you want to be an outlet to Kanye, get Kanye some help. He need that more than anything. Gotcha. All right, Mo. Uh, so I... I have watched a lot of DJ Vlad videos and I was suspicious because I didn't really know who DJ Vlad was. I just knew he interviewed a lot of people and I was like, is he a DJ? Like, what, what does he do? And then I realized over, like, I don't know how many years he's been doing it, but he he wasn't really showing his face a whole lot. It was more so the camera pointed at the person that he was, you know, interviewing and it was about them. It really wasn't about him. And so I thought that was kind of, you know, interesting technique for somebody who's a a journalist or a podcaster or whatever. So I didn't really trust DJ, uh, DJ Vlad in the beginning either. So I can I can get that. Um, but different from DJ Vlad and like Nori, I think there's more responsibility on Revolt or uh, the the people who had to approve the, the Drink Champs episode. I think that's on Revolt. I believe if it's not whoever whoever's in charge, um, yeah, it is. then than Nori because I look at Nori as like I don't think Nori is like the, the you know he's not like the mastermind behind that drink champs he's he's the guy doing the interview and a lot of times he's drunk so I'm not letting him off the hook but he's I don't think he's given the platform as much as the decision makers above him so uh, I I kind of I kind of get Nori a little bit of leeway because Nori just Nori just a guy with a job he got a boss that got a boss you know what I mean so but Nori he'll I mean, tell you that he owns drink champs he says he owns right. it. He just doesn't review anything. So when they put it out, he's not. He, I guess what makes Drink Champ so unique is that they is very little editing that's done to it. So the what you get is just what you get. Um, but that's the irresponsible part of it because he should have. That interview was like three and a half hours. I only watched like a tenth of it, like thirty minutes of it. But all you had to do was watch the first thirty minutes of it and just say, "Wait, this is going way left." Uh, we need to edit some of this stuff out. So, but but why would we expect Nori to do that? And Nori's not a journalist. Nori's just a but he's, but but he's in a space where he is conducting journalistic stuff. Like like I knew like I knew like I knew Nori was full of it when he has a show called Drink Champs and he had Lamar Odom on there and everybody know about Lamar Odom's demons and he didn't catch any flag for that. That's a valid point. Yeah. So if you're gonna be if you're gonna be in that certain space, you should expect some certain type of like it's just like uh, go. I see I see you disagreeing, Michelle. Go ahead and make your point because it was somebody I was trying to think of that I was trying to um, it, bring up for Nor. It, it ain't it ain't Vlad Vlad whatever his name fault. It ain't Nori's fault. You they ain't the police. You might as well be the police if you tell her. They ain't told nothing. You the one questions. You feel me? They just entertaining people. 
you choose to answer a question or not. You feel me? So if you say something on the show, on, on the little conversation, and you end up going to jail for it, how can it be no fault? You said it. They can't be responsible for your stuff. They can ask whatever they ask. You ain't got to answer it, though. So I think, I think, so what the, I give all of them the leeway for real. So, you know what I'm saying? So I because think it's their fault, bro. Like, you got a podcast, man. Yeah. You got a podcast right now. Somebody come join and want to join you and talk about whatever. You go and talk about it if they want to. That's, that's, the, that's what we do. That's what this is. Like, if we ain't going to do that, then that's going to be boring. That's what people look at, all this stuff for anyway. So, but at, at the end of the day, though, I still think I, I, I and we have a responsibility to make sure that the, the words that we're saying that people are listening to is not offending anybody. Like, what Kanye did, Kanye went on an anti-Semitic rant for three and a half hours, right? Uh, right? Before you even get to before you even get to the anti-Semitic stuff, for that man to get up on there and regurgitate conservative talking points that hey, George Floyd died from fentanyl overdose instead of, the police didn't really have his knee on his on his back or the back of his neck or on his neck. Like that that's totally irresponsible for hey, he can so he can get so Kanye can get on there and say whatever he wants. But if Nori has this platform, Nori has a duty to take him to task for saying something that's stupid. That's what it is. This is they, they're not in it for the responsibility. They're in it for the ratings, man. The ratings they ain't in it for that. Yeah. Then they don't. Then they no. Then they no different than Rush Limbaugh, Alex Jones. Then. Mm-mm. Not really. Not really. Not. You had something more? No, no. I didn't. I didn't have anything. I, I said. I said my piece. I actually agree with what, uh, what Pashan was saying um, as far as like you know when he was talking. I was thinking. I was like, yeah, you, you're actually right. Like. They're in it for clicks and for views and like they I'm thinking about the more I think about it, they really don't have a responsibility. Like it's on you when you show up on the platform. Now, I feel like you are more like he gave an example of somebody came on your podcast and they were talking, saying something that was crazy or incriminating or whatever. You could you do it. You do have your own discretion to look back and say, hey, that they said this. I don't want to put this out into the universe. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not going to let this go. So that is your discretion. But to a certain extent, he's right. Like, if you invite somebody on the podcast, the more I think about it, they're adults. Like, <laughs> they can answer a question or they can choose not to answer the question. They can, they don't have to say all of this crazy stuff. Like, and Kanye West is a master at saying crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, everybody that Vlad sits down and talks to I mean, I think we all collectively feel like Vlad is the police, but still, nobody has to answer questions. Like, you don't have to answer what Vlad is. And you know Vlad is a... Uh, a cop just chaser, a or, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that's a good point. Like, you know. Half the time, they but, already know what to ask, though, because he'd be like, hey, they're going to ask you in the beginning. Hey, you know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to ask you this. You mind talking about this? You mind talking about this? That happens before the show. Yeah. And all the so, like, dang, you gonna ask me this? They said on there, if it was not, you would know. But so, they get so on, if, the show, on the show so if, because want to hear them speak. They don't want to hear about Vlad and um. <laughs> oh, they want to hear the priest, the person who there, Kanye West, come there. They gonna chime in. Why? They want to hear what Kanye got to say. Not so. Nori. If it's, so if it's about what they say and them putting it out there, why did Nori and DJ uh, FN? Or whatever is that? EFN. Why did they? Why did they? Um, 
why did they put a chokehold on that uh, Dave Chappelle interview that they did on that? Because allegedly, alleg- allegedly, allegedly, the conversation went like really, really like far left, and they were joking about uh, about like um, mass shootings or whatever. And it just so happened that the week that that episode was supposed to get released, that's when you had uh, Uvalde. And they chose not to put that episode out. They they heavily edited a four-hour interview into a 45-minute interview. So they're cognizant of what, what gets said on there. And they know what blowback is going to be. But everybody knows it's Kanye, so there ain't going to be no blowback. And like Mars said, it's everybody on discretion. Like, when you're talking about stuff like that, yeah, you might want to pull that back. If Kanye West want to talk crazy about Joel Floyd stuff, that's entertainment more like, y'all need to hear what this dude's saying. Like, this is Kanye West, you feel me? Like, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he could he could have cut it and like, nah, but it's just a little different, you know? Yeah, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I said, it just depends on, you know, what you out there. Are you out there for shock value? Because um, I think that's what Drink Champs is, a lot of shock value, because you're going to hear, like, look at the Irv Gotti. Um, interview, like it was just a whole lot of, like I said, shock value. So it just depends on what you what you're out there, what, what you're for. Like for us, the, the beard always wins. Is hey, we're gonna see something, we're gonna talk about it a little bit, but we're not saying anything too crazy for shock value. You know, um, people gravitate to it because they like our point of views um, on sports for the most part, and even like these topics. So that's what it is, but. I don't think we're a shock value. You know, we're not shock entertainment. I guess so. I don't know. Like this, like the shock value for me would be like this news that come out that uh, Kanye is attempting to buy Parlor. Which, if anybody like dibbles and dabbles on like parts of the internet that you're not willing to talk about, Parlor is a is basically the new age uh, storm. Uh, what's uh, what's the name of that one website? Um, Oh, well, basically, it was a bunch. It's, it's basically where white supremacists go and uh, talk. Stormfront. I mean, it's basically a new age Stormfront. I never yeah. heard of Parler until today. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it basically popped up once. Um, <laughs> once Ryan's homeboy Donald Trump got banned off of Twitter, and then that's when Parler like started hitting. <laughs> and people started migrating from Twitter. Because they're saying Parler is a free speech platform. But mostly, let's put it like this. The FBI, a lot of people that got caught up in that January 6th stuff, a lot of them was posting on Parler, and that's how they got caught. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, speaking of that, shout out to Ryan. Uh, Ryan should be returning next week. This is uh, Saturday is actually RJ's last game. Um, this season comes to an end. But he also made the All-Star team. So shout out to, to the nephew, RJ. Okay. And... Um, yeah. And Ryan, uh, like I said, Ryan should be returning next weekend so he can defend himself from what he's going to call <laughs> slander from the Ryan. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, so listen, we can actually move along. And, um, listen, this this next uh, episode, not episode, but next segment, uh, is brought to us by LT Stogies. LTStogies.com. Listen, if you are if you are a um, what Mo likes, Maker's Mark, um, but if you like the finer cognacs and whiskeys and brandies out there, ltstogies.com is where you want to go. The homeboy, Tony Breeze, Valdosta's own, has his own hand-rolled cigars. So listen, get you a nice cigar, get you a nice stick, your favorite cognac, whiskey, brandy, um, even tequila. 
and pair it with one of LT Stogie's cigars. That's ltstogies.com. And as I promised him, um, we're going to give him a plug. Because, hey, if you got a small business, I believe in you and I want to help you win. And so um, he's actually going to try to come on the show to actually talk about uh, those uh, those nice stogies that he has. But um, moving right along, in a kind of a perfect segue, it was a lot of cigar smoke in uh, Tennessee. They were smoking on the... <laughs> <laughs> they were smoking on the Sabre pack, right? <laughs> what kind of pack? The Bama pack. Uh, I, I, Mo, I'll let, <laughs> let you take it, man. So, um, what's your thoughts on Tennessee? And and, and I was right because I said Rocky Top. I did say Rocky Top. Um, but what's your thoughts on it, Mo? First, I want to give you your props, man. You were right. You were right. So, yeah, got to give you your, your respect. Um, but I, I got, you know, being a Kentucky guy, I'm not very fond of Tennessee. Uh, but still, I got to give him respect, man. I got to give him respect because, and Hendon Hooker, he's been like that. It, 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 people look at this game as his, you know, uh, his breakout game. I guess his, yeah, his breakout game or his signature sure. game, or, you know, coming out party, whatever you want to call it. Nah, he he been like that. He been like that. And I noticed last season, as a matter of fact, when they played Kentucky last season, I was like, man, this dude is a problem. He is a problem. And so their offense, in my opinion, is about as good as you're gonna see. They they're well coached on offense. They use a lot of tempo. They use different formations. They got the they got athletes on the perimeter and they got probably the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks uh, right now in college football. So barring a defensive uh catastrophe or collapse, this team, in my opinion, has as good a chance to be competing for the SEC East as UGA. You know what I mean? Like right now, today, today I would say it's 50-50. Now that could change. You know, people get hurt, different things. But as of today, I would say it's 50-50. And then if they were to make it to the SEC Championship, as you can see what just happened in Alabama, I don't think they have any fear of anybody on the West. So um, they look good. Uh, I would say defensively, they probably should tighten up a little bit, even though they had a couple of players out. Um, but outside of that, this this is a this, this is a legit a legit contender. So, gotcha. All right, Vishon, what you got? They ready? Can't say it no better than he did. They ready? Gotcha. All right, Deron. Hey, that'd be nice to see. But George, well, they they play Tennessee um, in three weeks. It's in yeah. Athens, so I, I I think Georgia edged him a little bit, but yeah. Yes. What you got, Deron? Mm, I mean, Tennessee, they did a they did a good job. I can't comment on it too much because, you know, I was I'm old and I was recovering from uh getting beat down by the sun in Norman this weekend, but um yeah, they play tennis they play Georgia in three weeks, but I think the game that's gonna trap them and where they might slip up at is in two weeks when they when uh Moe's Kentucky Wildcats travel down to Neyland. And I think that's going to be the game where they slip. But other than that, yeah. Hooker, if even in Hendon Hooker made his presence known, that was his coronation, his Heisman moment. But I will say, Bama is nothing without Bryce Young. 
he proves his worth week in and week out when he out there. And I think I had brought it up with y'all, but like looking at like the coaching staff, and this is saying something considering that uh, Bama got like over a hundred people on their coaching staff, but this might be the worst collection of defensive coaches I've seen at Bama from Pete Golden to Traveris, uh, T Rob coaching DBs. And once I found out that Charles Kelly was the safeties coach, I was like, okay. Now I see why every time they went deep, <laughs> the sa- the safeties was always eight yards behind the wide receiver. Charles Kelly one of the worst defensive back coach I ever seen in my life. <laughs> this is what I say: Josh Heupel is a genius. Because if you look at, he's using all fifty three yards. Because the field is one hundred and twenty yards long, fifty three yards wide, right? He uses every inch of those 53 yards and has Alabama spread out. And so what that's doing is he has two wide both ways, right? What that's doing is that's immediately taking four guys out of the box, right? And then and then you got your safeties yeah. over the top. So it's automatically loosening it up. And with all of that space, it's just like pitch and catch. And that's exactly what it was. Um and and they're outside the numbers, like not yeah. just for a while, like they, they're outside the numbers, like which is crazy. Is that is that Baylor is that Baylor RG three offense? Which is crazy, and I'm looking at it like, wow, this is genius. This is so genius. So the bubble screens that they and that that quick slant was killing them in that skinny post because they're so far outside of the numbers, and so I don't know if y'all was looking. If y'all look like when you go back and you watch the tape, Henry Hooker looked to the left, then he came right back to the right. And that dude Hyatt, who had the five touchdowns, had the game of his life. He as soon as he had a step, he just chunked it. Because there was nobody there. Go go for it, Mo. So I do wanna um and I am I'm I'm, a, I'm gonna be biased because I'm a Kentucky guy, but I do wanna say if there is a, a kryptonite. For, for Tennessee, because they're so they're offensively, they're so good. The game plan is to keep their offense off the field by running the ball and, and you know, and controlling the clock. Um, and to have two weeks to prepare for them because their offense is so, they got tempo, they spread you out, they do all this, you know, all this uh, crazy stuff on offense. So if you have two weeks to prepare for them, which UK does, they got, we got to buy. And then if you have a, a good run game, which Chris Rodriguez ran for almost 200 yards this past weekend against another high-powered offense where the game plan was to just keep him off the field. Um, if they have a crit tonight, that probably would be it. I mean, I don't know that we – I'm not saying we can execute and get a win in Knoxville, but um, that's that's probably the best way to stop them. I agree. i tell you this. i I tell you this. I know one thing Stoops wouldn't do. Stoops wouldn't have a quarterback like Bryce Young or a running back like Jameer Gibbs and be within field goal range and attempt three straight passes. Then leave time on the clock. <laughs> Stoops wouldn't do that. Nah, he probably would. You know what? It's, it's crazy because, like, thanks for the segue, Mo, because now we can go right into uh, Mississippi State and Kentucky, which I got wrong. I said Hell State. Um, and I was wrong because I. But once again, I thought that your boy wasn't playing Will Levis um, because the backup who they got in, yeah, he they won the one with the backup. But 
Will Levis came back and what's left of Will Levis, uh, he's hanging on by a thread. It's a toe, ankle, shoulder, rib. Shoulder, yeah. Everything is uh, banged yeah, up with Will Shoulder, knees, toes. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. Um <laughs> But like I said, I was I was really I was really impressed by the Will Levis toughness. I was impressed at finally somebody rushing four, putting four down linemen and rushing, um, you know, to to, to slow down the Mississippi State uh, offense. And, and and what I saw because I actually watched that game is that, like you said, if they ain't on the field, they can't do nothing. And then because they go so quick up up tempo, they was getting three and outs. And Kentucky was coming back in. Kentucky, it was just like drops of <laughs> drops of rain, just erosion, and they they just eroded them. And that's just what it was, man. Um, we can take it back around the room for Sean. You got any thoughts on the Kentucky Mississippi State game? I didn't see that game. You did? Gotcha. No, uh, you missed a good one. What about you? Like, I seen a little bit of Kentucky the other week, though. Oh. I seen a little bit of Kentucky. Gotcha. What you got, Deron? I'm in the I'm in the Vashon boat. I did not. I told you I was old. I'm old. I was getting beat down by the sun in Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> That's why I, <laughs> I only saw that last five minutes of the Alabama Tennessee game. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Mo was there live and in person, and he said that um, when Levis came back on the field. Because for Elvis had walked into the <laughs> walked into the room, so how was that pop? Was that just like like the loudest? Yeah. Thing? So yeah. So uh, so Levis started the game right, and then he got hurt. And uh, when he got hurt, he stayed down for a long time. So he went into the, the locker room, and you know they put in the backup. And as like you said, mom, with the backup in, we don't feel too confident that we can get the job done. So when he jogged back on the field, like we didn't, you know, nobody expected him to come back out. When he jogged back on the field, you would have thought that Elvis was, was in the building. The crowd went, you know, went crazy. So uh, he gave us a big, a, a big boost. But I want to give the coaching staff some credit because, like I said, they had a great game plan against a high-power offense, and and they they executed. They gave the ball to Chris Rodriguez, and he, he did his thing. They were able to run the ball. Um, the other thing, the other takeaway from being at that game was I noticed that there were a lot of penalties. And I, I don't know, I don't, that's not typical of the Mark Stoops, you know, coach defense, but there were, there were a lot of penalties. Um, so hopefully they get that cleaned up. And um, the offensive line, which has kind of been kind of weak for Kentucky, uh, they played a little bit better this past game, but I think it helps when you got Chris Rodriguez. He makes the offense look, look good too. So um, if they could get healthy in the in the bye week, I'm not saying they're gonna beat Tennessee at all because it's in Tennessee. But if if they get healthy, they might be able to uh, to slow the pace of the game down and make it a good game to watch. Yeah, and see, Rod, uh, you know, the first game he came back, not quite there yet. I think that was the Ole Miss game he came back, but. Uh, no, I think it was South Carolina. It was South Carolina or Ole Miss. Uh, it, it was one of them, but uh, I think it was Ole Miss. Now, I, think you, I think you're right. I think it was Ole Miss. I think it wasn't was quite, quite in his groove, but now he's in his groove. Like He's in midseason form. It took him three weeks. Um, and he's actually one of my favorite running backs to, to watch in the SEC, believe it or not. Uh, he is one of my favorite running backs. And speaking, speaking of running backs now, guess who was on that list, Mo, that you sent out for the Heisman? 
Uh, uh, the running back at Alabama? Yep, Jameer Gibbs. I said it. Dark horse. Dark horse. Man. Nasty Nas to Nostradamus is what I'm about to be. Uh, <laughs> if, it, if it keeps going. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, um, I know this is off topic, uh, but Deontay Wilder returned to the ring and got his normally uh, first-round knockout. Uh, now, the question is, is will, it, will he ever fight Anthony Joshua? Which I think is the, the big money fight. Vashon, I know you watch boxing. What's up? Yeah. Your boy Wilder came back, first-round knockout. Not impressed at all. He'd been sparring with this man before. He knew what kind of man this is he was fighting. It was a tune-up fight for him to come back, so I'm not impressed. So who you want to see him fight next? Anthony Joshua. Who you got in that fight? Wilder. Yeah, Wilder over AJ? Okay, I got it. Deron. Yeah. Talk to me about Deontay Wilder, man. First round knockout coming back. Um, who you want to see him fight next? Mm, man, I really haven't even paid that much attention to uh, heavyweight. But I see Vashon got something. But yeah, I mean, he fought a tomato. Hey, I got something to say about this man, for real. I'm going to tell you why I don't want to see him fight nobody next. Because I don't want to hear his mouth. This dude talked too over positive and he run out of stuff to say and it'd be ridiculous what he be saying, man. <laughs> this man need to shut up. Like, do you hear this talking? It's ridiculous what he be saying, man. I don't want to hear this man talk, man. It's just too dumb positive, man. He need to hush, bro. <laughs> That's what this man. You know, and I thank God because the God in me and, bro, and like I was saying, yeah, I trust everybody to have a back. I'm back, baby. Man, what are you talking about, man? Answer the question, bro. Answer the question, man. <laughs> it's ridiculous how you be. I don't want to hear this man speak, man. You know, For real. And, and, to, and listen, to Michelle's point, like, I watched three different interviews, right? I watched the one with on the pivot. Because I thought that was going to be a good interview, right? That's the one I watched first, right? So I watched the pivot. Then I watched the funny Marco one, which I, I was just like, wait, what is this dude going to do, Deontay Wilder? And then he was on The Breakfast Club. I promise you, all of the interviews were the same. Like, they were legit the same. Like, all the answers, everything was the same from start to finish. So I get what you're saying, for sure. <laughs> I get what you're saying. You got you got any opinion on this, Mo? No, I don't have a uh, a wilder wilder opinion. I don't have no opinion on it. But I uh, kind of sidebar about interviews and about the media. Like I think sometimes though, everybody if you get interviewed a lot, like it's being interviewed is not fun. So you know, for the most part, you can either just sit there and take it, and it's going to eventually beat you down mentally. People asking you the same questions over and over. Or you could just have fun with it. And I think some people, some people just have fun with it and they give you the same answers over and over. They give you boring answers. They try to be funny or whatever. So maybe, maybe that's his, uh, maybe that's his thing, you know? Oh, that's why you never get anything from quarterbacks. Quarterbacks give you that same quarterback speaking. There's basically rinse and repeat. Yeah. Coach speak, as they say. Um, but I, I remember what, um, uh, Miller, I only got coached on the interview once. Um, 
well, every year, he's, what Milt would say is, if you get interviewed, just be respectful to to your teammates and to your opponents. That's all he ever said. So, um, yeah. But I try not to... But right. I'm trying to remember when I got interviewed. Like they never really asked us any hard questions. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, nah, nah. Like the, the media, the media that's covering high school football, they're not gonna, they're not gonna put you in a position to, you know, to say something that's that's gonna, you know, damage the reputation of your team or the team you playing. They're gonna, they're pretty much gonna toss you softballs. They're gonna give you easy, you know, questions that that are not controversial. But when you become a professional. Like that's their their job is to poke you every day to try to get something out of you. You know what I'm saying? So, like, whether you're a professional boxer, soccer player, baseball, whatever, that the media their job is to ask you the same stupid questions over and over until you you give them some some you know something juicy. Wait, like, watch this, Mars. Hey, watch this. Hey, Mars Leonard, what you think about this opponent you finna fight coming up tomorrow? <laughs> well, you know, ever since I was a young kid. You know, I grew up on a dirt road. I ain't have much. Bro, they ain't got nothing to do with this opponent over here. Hell, bro. Crazy. But that's a technique. That's a technique. Take the fish off the hook. Shut up, bro. Nobody <laughs> want to hear that stuff, man. <laughs> got nothing to do with this bro. So, Mo, let me ask you this, Mo. So, when you was at UK and you was playing, did y'all get media training or media coaching? Oh yeah, they did. They did a pretty good job of you know telling you. Well, I mean, I I think the biggest thing for colleges and and pros too is picking the right guys to talk to the media. Yeah. First and foremost, um, now sometimes you can't control who, who a star is or who a stud is or who the guy that's you know that everybody want to talk to. But for the most part, the guys that you make available to the media, if they're good players on your team and they you know they can handle themselves, you don't really have to do that much coaching. But everybody's got a media relations person. They got PR folks. They like every power, at least power five schools, you know, yeah. they're going to have people to sit down and talk to you and say, hey, um, the media wants to speak to this person. And obviously you should already know what to say. But if it's somebody who might be a, uh, I guess, a, a risk, you know, they'll have people kind of coach them a little bit. Yeah, I know um, at Alabama and Georgia, like freshmen don't talk to media. Freshmen can't 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 talk to the media. Yeah, that's one of yeah. their policies. Well, see, and, and see, that's the good thing about college. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're a college coach, you can decide who gets to talk to the media, right? Yeah. Uh, but in the in the once once you become a professional, it, well, no matter what your sport is, when you become a professional, if they want to talk to you, you got to talk. Yeah, <laughs> like Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined, right? Right, right, right. I mean. uh that was probably one of the the best I can't I can't say it was the best interview, but that was just a, a best way of saying like I'm a I'm here, I'ma do it, but I'm just gonna answer this question the same way. And it was like and people kept yeah. asking him questions. I'm just here so I don't get fired. I'm just here so I don't yeah, he actually explained He actually explained the reason behind why he did that on a Peyton Manning show, I believe. What was the reason? It was basically like, um, oh, he was basically saying that um, when he was a, a first year player in Buffalo, he was like, you would see all of these reporters that would be holding microphones and they would be big it up. They would big up him for uh, games and ask them all kind of like open ended questions, but they weren't like anything incriminating. And then once he got in trouble that one time, all of these 
uh, reports started coming out, like, yeah, he looked like the kind of guy that would do this type of stuff, or I knew it from the beginning. He was like, all right, so if that's how you feel, then I don't, I don't have a reason to talk to you. Gotcha. Okay. So you don't have why, power over me. So that's why he was here, so he just couldn't get fined. So um, I know we said Ryan wouldn't be here till next week, but Ryan is actually here. Um, and which he's, he's actually just in time because we get to talk to talk about the Ron's favorite uh, UGA player and Herschel Walker. Uh, listen, I didn't watch the entirety. Herschel, uh, man. Listen, I didn't watch the entirety of the 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 debate with uh, Senator Warnock. I watched a good bit of it. I was kind of impressed that he, he did better than what I thought he would be. But the whole badge situation. So here, here's, here it is. Ryan, tell us about Herschel Walker. I know you've been waiting for this. Ryan came on for this just to talk about Herschel Walker and his badge, y'all. So. Man, Herschel Walker showed that badge like Agent K on Men in Black. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. But, hey, to me, it just... How the way Hershey Walker look, looked at him and was like, how dare you call this a prop? <laughs> like, you don't know the hard work that comes with this. Everybody don't got this type of badge. This is one of one. <laughs> like, I think you got it. But it was hilarious, man. And I mean, so, I mean, my question is like, when you get hit like that, right? Because he, he, he did throw shade on his badge. He had to take it out. I don't blame Hershey Walker for taking it out. You had if someone gonna throw salt on on your badge, you gotta tell the people like, no, I got it right here. I keep it on. Me. <laughs> like, so nothing fake like about this. <laughs> yeah, you like it. So uh <laughs> I gotta ask this question goes around the room. We'll start with the run. <laughs> uh, do you think his PR person said leave the badge at home? <laughs> hey man, according to like certain reports, there's people that just they just on a Herschel wagon just to get paid and get the experience and be like, yeah, I worked on, I worked on somebody's campaign before. Because I mean, this all funny. This this is basically gonna be like, I won't say Trump part two, but it'll be like the Eddie Murphy joke when it was like, you mean to tell me Jesse Jackson's running for president? Uh, 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 I'll vote for him. Nobody else will do it. And then on election night, everybody's going to be like, he won? What do you mean he won? <laughs> and that's basically what it's going to be. Because, like, bro, like, that man got no reason to... It's, it, it almost feels like abuse at this point. That somebody <laughs> actually pumped his head up to get out here and make an idiot of himself. Even more of an idiot of himself. And, I mean, from the clean, from the clean air to the... China's taking America's clean air to... I think it was something where he was saying that uh, nothing's made in America anymore. Even my uh, TV says something about made in China or something like that. I was like, all right, man. So can so can can someone tell me why he think he's a cop? Like, what, like what? <laughs> Obviously, he think he's a cop. So what is it really? Like, was it in like a program? The same reason why the same reason why Elvis Presley thought he was an FBI agent because uh, Richard Nixon gave him a uh, FBI back ID. The same reason why they cracked down on targeting in the NFL. Because <laughs> you will lose yeah. your mind. That's why he done lost his mind. He don't supposed to be out there. He supposed to be in the hospital. 
<laughs> like, for real. He don't supposed to be out there, man. That's why I don't watch it. It's a joke. I ain't <laughs> watching that. Uncle, bro. What you got, Mo? It's a Man. <laughs> I, I, I really don't have a lot of words about uh, Herschel Walker. I don't really pay him a whole lot of attention. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't watch the debate. I don't follow him. Uh, I'm always with people like Herschel. I'm more interested in the amount of supporters that he has and what they have to say than I am about what he has to say. I think it's pretty clear and evident. If you spend five or ten minutes listening to Herschel Walker talk, you can make an opinion on it. But the people who support him, I'm interested in what they have to say. Yo, I don't think that's Boosie Faye. I think that's a Herschel Walker Faye. I think Herschel Walker had that first. He do got a haircut. He do got his weird haircut going on. I do know that. Whatever that is. Is <laughs> that Preach Home? You know, Preach Home from Kansas City? Is that Preach Home? Preach Home. It's called her smile. Ma, you gonna let him talk about a UGA guy like that? Man? Listen, I'm gonna tell you like this. Hershey Walker graduated. Well, he didn't graduate. Hold on, I'm lying. Uh, Hershey Walker went to University of Georgia in 1980, 81, 82. Back then, they didn't check a whole lot of grades. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. Who knows who took the SAT for Herschel Walker to get into Georgia? Back then, it was just keep him eligible. Keep him eligible, and he might bring us some national attention. Right? <clears throat> you got to think about it. Even when you think about, matter of fact, Friday Night Lights, Booby Miles, right? It's sad because. They just wanted to keep Booby Miles eligible, and then he, when he couldn't play no more, they kind of threw him, threw him off to the side, right? Um, they, they even made a comment. They said, well, uh, "What do you do with a lame horse?" They said, "Put a bullet in him." And they were referring to Booby Miles, so that's what they thought of Booby Miles at in Odessa after he got hurt, right? That's horrible. Herschel Walker actually bought a Heisman and a national championship, and went on to have a nice long career. Playing in the USFL and the NFL. Not to mention in the USFL, the owner of the team that he played on was who else? Donald J. Trump. I think it's middle initials J. But um That's true. And I'm pretty sure at some point in time, Donald Trump probably said, Yeah, Herschel run for Senate. If they I won, you can win. And Herschel said, You know what? I think I could do it too. And he's yeah, trying. He's the black no, he's, he's, he's a tool. <laughs> Herschel Walker. Is, well, that's, a, that's offensive to Forrest Gump. Forrest yeah. Gump, and he did something great. Exactly. Uh, you see how what, play football? That's how Herschel Walker was. He is yeah. not the. Hey, wait. Herschel is not the black man for the people, though. Fuck around, man. Just like Forrest. Morris, you your head. Let me ask you this question, Morris. you shake your head. Let me ask you an honest question. Let me ask you an honest question. If he wins. Right? Will it be that bad? Oh, come on now. How you gonna ask that question? I'm asking. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen if you win? I'm asking. So, again, I, I shift my attention away from him. He's a character. I shift my attention away True. from him. And True. if he wins, that says more about the people in the state of Georgia than it does about him. And it says more about the residents of that state than it does about him. So, 
in my opinion, that's kind of scary. <laughs> that's that, that's the scary part, right? That it, it is that many people, you know, riding around in their cars, living their everyday lives, that feel confident going to cast a vote for them. And so, and the reason, why you should be concerned. <laughs> shoot, you should well, too. I'm gonna tell you why you should too. Even though you live, I'm not gonna give you give away your location, but. The country should be concerned because as a senator, his vote can affect the nation. And all he's going to do is just vote. They're going to say, Herschel, just vote yes. Herschel, vote no. <laughs> he's going to be like, is they all coming back? Like, we get our good air back with this? Yep. Oh, I, I'm do you know it was- This don't get our air I back? Mean to be- no. I mean to be- Ursula Walker accidentally didn't vote for herself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, that ain't no different than any other Republican that's out there that's voting along party lines. But since we on UGA, she uh, he wasn't the only UGA uh, graduate that looked like an idiot at a uh, at a debate because uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, debated uh, Marcus Flowers last night, and she said that she was a victim. Of the riot on January 6th at the Capitol. All the while, there's ample evidence showing that she was tweeting the locations of Democrat Democratic rivals while the riot was going on. So, so yeah, so ain't a good day for the University of Georgia at Athens. It in is the political department. It's scary if you win because you got to think about that means Trump. Mean? That means Trump coming back. But if you win, though, what you? If he win, what you like? What what are you afraid of that he might do? What I'm saying, it ain't what he might do. It's what he it's what he's a, he'll be an accomplice to. So it's like so you know. So what you saying is the same thing I heard people say when I lived in Alabama in 2018 when Tommy Tuberville ran for senate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he has no background in politics. The only thing he knows about politics is that the state of Alabama paid part of his salary when he was coach at Auburn, and then he gets in front of a crowd and he starts doing racist dog whistling, talking about. Uh, these people, they want their reparations and they want to take your, well, take your, your, your place in life in America. And it's just, I mean, he, Herschel strikes me as like a Ron Burgundy type that'll read whatever they put in front of. So he'll be pulling his, he'll be pulling his Uncle Ruckus move. But seriously though, this is a serious question. Don't he got CTE though? You won't know until he dies. But you don't know CTE until he dies. He's bipolar. No, you. You got to be dead to be tested for CTE. Yeah, yeah, you do. But he is oh, by unless, unless, I mean, unless you're looking like Tua, we all like, clearly know Tua got CTE, and he's not dead. But we all know he got it. Yeah. Nah, but Duran, you're right. You can't be. You can't be like you. They can't confirm that you have CTE until they examine your brain. Yeah. Uh, after you die. So like, what is it? Oh, they be saying they see like they got glimpse of it or something. Like you can tell you got, you know what I'm saying? Nah. You know, some, some people is it's degenerative, and it's, sometimes it's like um, it's like kind of like Jim McMahon and Warren South, right? Like Jim McMahon is, I, damn, I was just talking about this earlier today, but Jim McMahon was talk, talks about how every pair of pants that he owns, he keeps his address in the back, in the back pocket because he, sometimes he forgets where he lives. So, that's only, that's like, on, that's like an onset of like Alzheimer's disease, which yeah. these dudes are still, I'm saying it because they're younger, because they, we're a little bit younger than them, but like, 
you're not too far off away from them. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I forget, like, every little, little stuff here and there, but, like, forget where I live? Like, nah. Like, that ain't something that the average human being should be doing at age 49, age 50. Yeah, because you can see signs of Alzheimer's or dementia, which can be diagnosed while you're alive, which are related to, you know, uh, head trauma and having CTE for playing football, but they can't diagnose you with CTE until after you die. Yeah, they can't that's diagnose you. That's why all those players that committed suicide make sure, to shoot them, make sure to kill themselves in the chest. Yeah, and they shoot themselves in the chest and not in the head. I, yeah, yeah. With the whole case with Hernandez, which he's trying to well, that was the whole point of him saying the reason why he done what he done was because of the because of CTE and trying no. to get a lawsuit for his Hernandez it, was it his wife or his wife? Hernandez Eric Hernandez was a gangster. Was an old thug gangster dude that just happened to play football. You sound like Charles and White. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, I'm going to say this about CTE. <laughs> it's a complicated issue because a lot of people joke around about it, right? Like, you got Antonio Brown, you got Tua, you got all the, a lot of memes and stuff going around. But it's a complicated issue because it's real. And anytime you have that much head trauma over and over, football is a dangerous sport. Like, it's nothing like, like it's, it's not basketball, it's not golf. Like, it's constant head trauma for a long period of time. So you're going to have some lasting effects. So it's real. But then on the flip side, you do have what I call bad apples. You got bad apples who were probably bad apples before they showed up, before they started playing football. And you can't blame everything on CTE. You know what I mean? Like, it's some people who were doing, they were doing bad stuff before they before they even uh, had serious head trauma. Now, granted, that could make it worse, but you can't blame that on CTE. So it's, it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, so, yeah. On the on the on the same wavelength, I feel the same way about people and mental health issues. There's a lot of people that try to excuse their bad behavior away under the guise of like, "Hey, I got PTSD. I got mental health disease. I got a mental health uh, dysfunction or whatever." It's like listening to uh, Ben Simmons talk on JJ Reddit, another another podcaster that didn't take somebody to task that they interviewed, but like listening to Ben Simmons. It's like, there's, there's no excuse that Ben Simmons can give in the world why he didn't just yam it on Trey Young head <laughs> in, the, in the playoffs that year to me. Like, right, 6'10 versus maybe 5'10. And he said that I can understand being a pro and like getting the yips or whatever, but still, like, mm mm-hmm. I try to stay away from that kind of topic. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say mental health is a hot, right now, it's a very, very it's hot topic. Slow. You don't want to. You don't want to diminish the importance of, of mental health because right now as athletes, as athletes, you see more athletes right now taking time off. Like uh, you've seen Olympians do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I saw a college court starting, a power five college quarterback do it. You've seen Ben Simmons, NBA players do it. All types of athletes are taking time off for mental health. Whereas 20, 20, 25 years ago, like not only could you not do that, like you probably would have been ridiculed. Like you, you might not, have, you not, might not have been able to walk back into the building if you if you said I'm not gonna play or I'm gonna sit out a whole season or you know I'm not gonna compete in the Olympics. Something I've been training for for four, four years. We're in a different place right now. You know what I mean? Like, like imagine, imagine Mike Tyson would have said I'm taking a break because of mental health. You know how many people would have got mad at him? Exactly. exactly. And he would have had a valid reason if he knew. No, I was gonna say if he knew Mike Tyson's fight. 
<laughs> but it, but it's good and it's bad. It's good because now you do see athletes getting treated more like a whole human. We're not like machines that just got to go out here and perform. And we got, you know, a mind and we got families and we got problems at home and all that stuff. But then on the flip side, you know, same thing with, that I was saying about CTE. You can't write off all behavior under the uh, the headline of mental, you know, mental health. So but it's who, a deliberate but who, slope. Neither it's you a, or I can say. Slope. Yeah, yeah. I can't say what Ben Simmons is going through. So I got to shut my mouth and just, you know, yeah. trust what he's saying. So, uh, yeah. But also, you know what else they don't have that we didn't, that they have now, but we didn't have? Like, social media. Or some constant coverage about them, like <clears throat> I couldn't. The only time I could find out if somebody was talking to me, talking about me in the in the press, was the go pick up the Valencia Daily Times. I wasn't buying the Tifton Gazette or the Motor Observer, <laughs> but I would buy the Valencia Daily Times. If my name was wasn't in it, then I wouldn't know, right? But but now, even from the high school level to the middle middle school, you'll see people. Going up there and posting, like, they might repost the clip where the guy, the little kid gets run over, right? But now this little kid is a meme, <laughs> right? And he gets, and it's everywhere. Man, it's, that's, a, that's a great point. That's a great point. It's everywhere, right? And these kids have to deal with this. Because now they in school talking about, look at this, look at this, look at this, right? Matter of fact, I give you, I give you a prime example. And, Mo, I think you remember this. Uh... We played Motra our senior year. That Sunday in the newspaper, they had a picture of me getting run over, right? Now, I made the tackle, but in the paper it said Tony White. It said Tony White makes the, makes the stop, right? Yeah. So, so um, yeah, they ridiculed me at school a little bit. But that's where it stayed at. It stayed in the locker room, you know, uh, maybe around the hallways. It, it wasn't when I got home and I picked up my my phone, I didn't have a phone to pick up to set them say, hey, I'm running this dude over or whatever. So that right there also plays a big part in it. And I think that that actually, um, you know, plays on a person's psyche. Uh, we, I let it go back. But, you know, but you know, you can avoid, but unlike, unlike not being able to see the newspaper, they, so like I was listening to um, um, uh, the Midnight Miracle that had like most uh, Dave Chappelle and Talib Kweli, and most of them say they're plain and simple. You can't like just stay off of Twitter. Like you can, even if you stay on Twitter, you can curate your timeline to where you can see what you want to see. And but like you can't hit, it's like it's, like the old, uh, you can't hit me where I ain't at. So but it's, it's easy like, to say that when you older though versus the young person. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. when you in high school, I, you ain't you you you. It's gonna be surrounded by. Cause you gonna be on the school bus, they are gonna pull it up and show you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's two, two two points I want to make about that. That's a good. That's a good. I mean, actually, it's true. You can just delete the app from your phone. You don't have to look at it. You don't have to pay attention to it. But it's it's a little more complicated than that because these kids, these young kids, we we didn't grow up with it. They had it since they were, you know, since the age that they could hold a device. Social media has always been around, so it's a part of them, right? And even if they did get rid of it, once you reach a certain level, like if you are. Gabby Douglas or Serena Williams or Anthony Davis or once you reach a certain level, even if you got rid of social media, you can't get rid of the real media. So uh, you think Jordan Poole deleted Twitter? That's not going to make the questions go away. You know when they, when they ask him about getting punched by Draymond Green. So 
uh, it's still he's still gonna be you know bullied. I guess if I guess that's the, if that's a good word to use. Yeah, everywhere he goes. Yeah, he'll still be bullied everywhere he goes. So it's kind of you know social media keeps things alive. In our day, the stuff died. It, it happened in real life. Whoever saw it saw it, and that was it. Now social media will keep it alive. So, but then but even with social. Yeah. No, no, I was gonna say even with social media, even that got a shelf life because it was just like we were talking about last week. Like, hey, the Dion story, was, the Dion Eddie Robinson Jr. story was going away, and then Dion made the music video. <laughs> like, it, it, everything <laughs> in social media land got a forty-eight to seventy-two hour lifespan. So yeah, the only way it'll stay strong. alive. Yeah, right. you just gotta stay strong. You just gotta outlive the wave. Plus, yeah. you, you know, plus, I don't know. Maybe I was structured different when I was younger, but. Yeah, even now as a joke, sometimes I'm like, man, I don't care what these people think. Like, why should I care? Why should I care what some nerd and some nerd in South Dakota thinks about some, what I'm doing and something that he can't do? Who you wouldn't want to be on social media, man? Who, who got it bad right now? Like Kanye West. Kanye. Nori. Nori. Nori got it real bad. Nori and Kanye West. Yeah. Nori got it bad. Well, I think Swaggy P got it bad. No, that's because Gilbert Arenas keep that's because Gilbert Arenas keep keep <laughs> keep trolling and beating on his kids all the time. <laughs> yeah, bring me up to speed. I don't, I don't know about Slacky P. Bring me up to speed on what's what's. Okay, hold, hold, hold that thought right here because we we about to continue in the hour number two. So, um, hey guys, listen up. This is the end of the first hour, but we got another hour coming for you, or however long it lasts for the next part two. So, listen, this is the beard always wins. Stay tuned in because we got it's the first time in a long time that you had myself, Mo, Deron, Ryan, and Vashon. You know, three brothers with a podcast. So we are back. So just hold on tight for part two. It's coming up next. That means when you see part one, this is the one you play in part two. It's a continuation. But if I had to tell you that, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But anyway, we thank you. Hold tight because we're coming right back. Peace. <laughs>